This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, welcome on down to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I am your host, Rick Shields, and in today's podcast i'm going to be answering loads of your questions that were fired across i'm also going to be answering questions around anxiety which plagues a lot of people out on the golf course and me included i want to talk a little bit about that and also we've got some fantastic nightmare stories today uh, stories of golfers out on the golf course having a little bit of a nightmare if i'm to be honest with you <laughs> so i'm going to read some of those out uh, i'm actually on my own today no producer guy but in this episode, like I say, we're going to answer so many questions, get through loads of information, and thanks for joining me. Um, I want to just very quickly, again, I mentioned it last episode, I want to thank everybody for listening to the uh, Handicap podcast. Um, it's gone down unbelievably well. Um, I think for a number of reasons, the world handicap system that's coming in soon, um, it's quite confusing for a lot of people. We don't know loads about it yet. But in that podcast, we sit down with Gemma Hunter, who's from England Golf, and literally cover everything about the World Handicap System. And it's just a great podcast. And like I say, if you've not listened to it, make sure you do. I know loads of people go back on old podcasts because uh, for quite a number of weeks and months now, we've been doing a podcast and quite a lot of people didn't know about it. So there are previous episodes. You definitely got to check them out. Um, loads of really cool videos coming this week. Um, there is a massive release week next week like ridiculous all the time i've been doing youtube um never have i seen a week where there's so much new products coming out what's been really interesting about talking to brands um certainly the golf world is they're seeing a massive uptake in new golfers taking up the sport which is incredible They've seen a massive amount of product being sold, which for those guys is incredible. Golf seems to be on the rise right now. And who would have thought that? I wouldn't have done I wouldn't have predicted that. When COVID hit, uh, not that I want to talk about it loads, but I honestly thought, how's this going to affect golf? How is this going to affect the sport that we love so much? You know, are people going to get into it as much? Is there going to be as much demand for new products? I even did a video talking about how I honestly, hand on heart, felt like next year's product release was not going to happen. I honestly, hand on heart, at the moment in time when I filmed that video, when we were in severe lockdown and we didn't know how long lockdown was going to take place, 
I couldn't see brands bringing out new gear for next year. I just couldn't see it happening. I fully expected a year where we would see um, the same product be released again effectively or just run through an extra year. So the fact that now uh, these manufacturers are seeing massive uptakes of um, product coming through and they're making new products... It's just incredible. You know, I'm really happy for, I'm really happy, not only for the brands. I don't want to see any brands going out of business. You know, I really don't hit. There's too many businesses that have been affected by COVID. Um, I'm sure many of you listening have been affected by it in some way or another. And the last thing I wanted to see was brands that we know, mainstream brands in the golf world disappearing because of COVID. So it's great to hear. As I mentioned, next week's going to be packed out. I might be releasing, get this. Let me have a quick count up. Um, in fact, I've just made a note on this. Let me have a quick... <laughs> Honestly, it's ridiculous. Uh, there are going to be roughly... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm, I might release seven videos in five days next week. I know. Double dropping on two days next week. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned for that. It means this week is going to be super busy with filming. Um, the weather's not being kind to us at the moment. So that's why I'm kind of filming this podcast now on a Tuesday morning while it's raining. And hopefully it brightens up this afternoon. But honestly, it's some incredible looking new product coming out. Arguably the best looking golf clubs I've ever seen from different brands are coming out next week. It's going to be crazy and right up my street at the moment because, as you know, you might be watching the, the YouTube channel and Facebook, etc. I'm looking for a new set of irons at the moment. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at getting the blueprints out of the bag, the two-bladed for me. I kind of started the, started the process of looking for a new set and then got whispers a few weeks ago now that these new sets that I'm going to be testing this week are coming out. So I thought, right, let's just hold fire. Let's just see what these brands have to offer because quite easily I might be getting my new set of irons from the reviews that I'm producing next week. So there you go. There's a little exclusive, a little podcast exclusive for you. Um, so yeah, that's going to be fun. Videos coming out this week. We just released a really cool coaching one last night, which was five do's and five, effectively five things you shouldn't do with driver. And the things that you should do with driver, that's gone down really well. So thanks so much for the support on that video. Hopefully it's going to help you hit driver better. We've also got a ball, a golf ball that promises, get this, to be the longest golf ball in the world and it's legal. So I test the claim. It reckons it's five yards longer on carry than a Pro V1. Okay. I do that video and that's coming out this week. And then back end of this week, I've actually tested another set of irons. Madly. I mean, these might not go out in this order, actually. I might sw- switch the order. But there's another set of irons I tested. Um, bit of a walk down memory lane for me. A brand that I've had in the bag in the past. Uh, beautiful irons. So I give those a test as well. So bumper week, which is exciting. Um, like I said, I just hope the bloody weather's going to be kind to us. Because it's been awful at the moment. It really has. You know, the weather is just... Last Friday, if you lived in the UK, it was an unbelievable day for weather. It was actually too hot. And now, this week, the rain has kicked in. So thank you so much for that. Right, like I said, I've got loads of questions to answer. We put a post on the Rick Shields uh, Golf Show podcast group yesterday. So I've got loads of questions. I'm going to fire through some of those. And stay tuned because I want to cover a really, really important topic today, anxiety. 
nerves, being scared out on the golf course. It's definitely something that I struggle with. And um, I think some of you listening might be surprised about that because you'll see me make videos and realize, you know, I look quite comfortable on camera. And I am, I, anyway, I'll come, on to, I'll come on to that topic a little bit more, but stay tuned. I think I think that'll make a really, I think that'll resonate with a lot of people listening, uh, how they can handle it and how they can improve it. Um, right, let's fire through some questions. I've not vetted any of these yet, so God knows what we're going to get. Uh, <laughs> what's your ideal this is from bronson pascal what's your ideal budget golf ball um my ideal budget golf ball uh well i'm going to give you an answer that's probably a more generic budget golf ball for for a lot of golfers around the world and one i honestly think it's underrated in many regards but it's an unbelievable seller is the shrixen ad triple three unbelievable golf ball it really is um it 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 kind of it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of everything it's not the best at everything i.e it's not the premium ball but for the price point an ad triple three i don't know the price off the top of my head but they are very very good golf balls definitely worth checking out i did a video on the distance ball which is a bit harder the ad triple three is a little bit softer than that um okay what else have we got going on I need to, I'm trying to roughly vet them while also answering them. Nick Golf Page. Played with a guy who is a lot worse than me. Trying to give me swing tips all the way around the course. Even though I was outperforming him and had already politely asked him to stop with the coaching. Wow, that is annoying. I, I've had that in the past um, where... You know, even even if I'm playing with amateurs, I might let's say I'm having a bad day. Let's say I'm not playing particularly well, and the amateurs who you know are really struggling, they can't break hundred, are, are trying to give me advice, which is it happens to me as well, Nick. So you're not the only one out there, and I'm sure again it's happened to many people um, listening as well because it's so bloody annoying when people worse than you trying to you know give advice, and that you know I'm not for one minute, and, and you can be a good coach and be worse than someone that's different for example you know if i was to teach a tour pro i could teach a tour pro comfortably i know everything about the swing that they would help them improve they are better golfers than me that's that's different that's advice that's been asked for i think advice that's not been asked for is the worst even if i'm just playing with a few pals of mine if they've not asked for my help i do not give them my help one, because they're not paying, but two, <laughs> two, because it's just not fair. Trying to do it on the golf course, trying to give someone swing tips out on the golf course, when they've asked for it is hard enough. When they've not asked for it is honestly the most frustrating thing in the world. So do not be that person. Do not give a swing advice if um, if they've not asked for it. That's that's my uh, top tip there. Uh, What's, what are these questions around? Oh, these are the most annoying ones. Ah, that's where I've got confused. Let me get this. This was from today. Yeah, so the most annoying thing. Sorry, I was wondering. The qu- <laughs> the thing we put on the podcast, also tell me what's your most annoying thing. So there's some questions and things that are annoying. That's good. It's quite a nice mix then. Um, do do do. Or this is, is it better to shoot even par with a par in every hole or with equal birdies and equal bogeys? 
So that's Brian O'Reilly asked that. Is it is it better to shoot even par with par in every hole or with, let's say, nine birdies and nine bogeys? That's a really good question. At the end of the day, the score's the same. You know, if you've gone out and shot level par, which is, let's say, a 71 or 72, um, that that's the score on the scorecard. That's what you submit. I think if you had a round of golf that was 18 pars, you wouldn't be disappointed. You'd feel like you've played pretty solid. You probably feel like you've been fairly consistent. You've not obviously made really any mistakes, but you've also not particularly made any birdies. So, um, and, and this could also, we're talking if this was a gross score, this could also work off your handicap score. Let's say you shoot a level score on your handicap, but every single hole you played to your handicap or another hole where you had, you know, a blow-up hold and a birdie, blow-up hold and a birdie, it could work either way. Uh, but as I mentioned, the score at the end of the day is the same, so it's not it's not going to change. But I think, like I say, if you've parred every hole, either gross or to your handicap, you're driving home that day thinking, I played pretty well today. I think I left a few shots out there. I could have made a few birdies, but I didn't make any mistakes. I think on the flip side, if you've genuinely gone out and made... Let's call it six birdies and six bogeys and six pars. That's you shooting level par. Whether it's to your handicap or, or scratch, that's you shooting level par. You've had the same score as someone who's had 18 pars in a row. I've got a funny feeling that person is actually driving home with very mixed thoughts because he's had the he or she have had the capability of shooting six birdies or however many birdies, but have also had six nightmare holes and the nightmare holes are going to be the ones that that player is going to be thinking about on the drive home. If they've made six bogeys or whatever, they're going to be going, oh, God, if I just wouldn't have made those six bogeys, if I'd have just made only two of the mistakes or one of the mistake, my score would have been much lower. I would have dropped my handicap, you know. So even though the scores are the same, I think it would give you a very different feeling do you know what i mean i think it would just give you a different feeling as you're driving home and maybe set you up for being more determined next time you come and play if you've made lots of birdies uh, steve clements put this is one that people annoy annoy people <laughs> i get this when you accidentally hit it off the tee so you're setting up to drive and you knock it off the tee accidentally and somebody in your group says that's one that's bloody annoying that is so annoying first off it's not one it's not deemed as a golf shot because you accidentally hit off the tee. Um, and everybody's heard that before. That's one. Oh, God, it's the worst. Um, so don't, again, don't be that person, please. I've just seen another one. Matty Stern also said it, saying that's one when you accidentally hit the ball off the tee. Don't say it, please. It's the, It is bloody annoying when people say it. Um, let me think about, I'm trying to think of the thing. You know what annoys me? I tell you, I forgot this. This annoys me like crazy, right? And I don't think I've ever publicly said this, but let's say I'm on the putting green and I hit a putt, and in all intents and purposes, it looks like a good putt. It looks like it's got a chance of going in, okay? But it's still short the hole. Currently, right now, as that ball's rolling, it's not in the hole. And somebody in your group says, "Great putt." And inevitably, what happens, it deviates offline, it'll lip out, and it'll miss. It's the most annoying 
frustrating phrase in the whole of golf. And it's something simple. They're actually complimenting your putt, but doing it at the wrong time. When your ball hasn't gone in the hole. Because you'll hit a putt and you think, that's look, that's good. You know, you're thinking in your head, that looks good. That's got a good chance of going in. You don't say anything yet because it's not gone in. And your playing partner says, great putt. And it misses. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, it's a great trick in match play. <laughs> if you want to be if you want to be sly in match play and somebody hits a putt and it looks like it's going in before it gets to the hole say great putt <laughs> oh my god it'll annoy them like crazy um oh yeah and then kind of when it misses don't say anything <laughs> honestly um let's see if we've got any more questions and then we are going to like say touch on anxiety today i think that's a really really good point you know, we, we definitely need to talk about. Um, oh, that's another annoying phrase. When you hit it too far past the hole, and you retain your turn effectively, if you're playing the north, the you know the, the furthest away ball, furthest away from the hole, plays first, and you hit it past, and somebody says, "Oh, it's still your turn." Oh God, that's annoying. Really is. Um, keep your head down. Another annoying term, because again, it doesn't happen. People don't lift their head. I promise you, people do not lift their head when they come in to hit the ball. Other factors happen. People top it for other reasons, I promise you. It's not about um, lifting your head. It's an interesting one and seems to be, a lot of people have said this, that annoys people, music out on the golf course. I'll... It doesn't seem very popular here in the UK, let me be honest. I very rarely have been out on the golf course and heard a group playing music. I really don't. I know it's much more popular in America. I think there's a couple of reasons why it's not so popular over here in the UK. Um, It's kind of not being perceived as being traditional. I think golf clubs over here are still super, super traditional. And also, over here in the UK majority of the time golfers aren't going out in a golf buggy or a golf cart so i think if you're going to play music you need a cart you need a golf buggy to attach your speaker onto and you can drive around and it's following the group and then the other thing like what type of music do you play like i don't know like do you put dance on do you put hip-hop on do you put music with swearing in it do you put you know do you put classical on do you put you know i don't know i i I've never experienced it yet. I'm not massively opposed to it. I would possibly, um, if I, it's in, the, it depends on the setting. If I'm out on playing holiday golf, so let's say I'm out with four four of my mates and we go to Spain or Portugal or Dubai or wherever America, and we're having a few beers and it's dead casual, and someone puts on the speaker and we're playing some really cool tunes, I'm not opposed to it one bit. The only thing I would be opposed about, I would, I would personally, as me, I would feel very conscious that we're putting other players off on the golf course. That would that would be kind of, I'd be very, very conscious about that. So I'd, I'd always be playing with the volume, I'd be turning it up and turning it down, um, and possibly not therefore enjoying it really. Um, yeah. I'm not too into that. This is a great question. Gavin Lee, why do brands make illegal clubs? What's the point? Surely the cost of R&D would be better spent elsewhere. Um, Guys actually responded to this on on the chat. 
uh, is from Gavin Lee. Why do brands make illegal golf clubs? Um, quite simply, the the term legal and illegal is only deemed for competition use. So if you're a golfer that does not play in competitions, so you're not maybe you're not a member of a golf club, and you're not too bothered about you know um, playing in for your handicap or whatever it may be, you know you're not playing to abide by the RNA and the USGA rules. You can play illegal. You can play with illegal golf. You can play with whatever you want. Like as long as you're not playing in the competition, you can play with whatever you want. That's why people will play with illegal golf clubs, because I, you know, I get it. I get it. Like certainly that swingless golf club. You might have seen that video I did on my channel, the one that self fires it when you press a button. That is an unbelievable tool for golfers who can't no can no longer swing the golf club. Like it's perfect for that. So if a golfer can get on the golf course by using that, go or go for it. Where I then I would say it's not fair if they turned up in a Saturday comp and started using that because that that's not fair. It's not legal. Um, so that's why brands do make illegal golf clubs. People will buy them because they don't play in competitions. So you, Gavin, you might play in loads of competitions and can't understand people who don't. But honestly, there's a mass. Uh, probably the majority of people listening to this podcast. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somehow. You probably playing. You probably don't play in competitions, like not actual club competitions. Um, so that's why people make them. Uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, Jackson Frawley. Anytime I get a, a greening regulation, uh, one of his playing partners says, "Easy birdie here," and inevitably three puts. <laughs> um, 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Question, at what time, what point in time did Rick get a team, members, employees, and what was the biggest reason to employ the first? That's a good question, Adam. Uh, so I've got three members of staff. Uh, Guy, who is my brand manager, right-hand man, uh, who we think about ideas together. We plan videos together. Um, he's unbelievable, knows his stuff like crazy. I've known Guy for ages, but really knows his stuff, knows what you guys' as viewers like as well. Um, he'll also help me kind of behind the scenes directing the content, helping me vet the videos before they go out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's Guy's role. Um, also dealing with brands. So he deals with the TaylorMades, Callaways, whoever it is that have got new product. They come through Guy and then come through me. And obviously manages this fantastic uh, podcast group and a co-host on the podcast. I'm not here today, unfortunately. Um, then I've got two editors. So um, I'm not an editor. I, I I know how to edit on a very, very rough basis, like super rough. And a lot of my videos back in the day, I did edit myself. I self-taught myself. Um, but at the time when I was self-editing, I was teaching full-time. I had a family. I needed help and support to um, edit better. So I took on my first member of staff, which is um, an unbelievable editor by the name of Tim. Tim's been working with me now for maybe six years, roughly that time, five or six years. And uh, he just took all the editing. He made the whole thing more streamlined. Uh, I feel like our videos are the best edited golf videos on YouTube personally. And I think he does an unbelievable job. Um, He knows what I like. He knows the style of video I like, the music I like. Um, Unbelievable. He films the videos and edits them. And then we took on a new videographer and editor back end of last year by the name of Harry. Harry is unbelievable. To be fair, I got Harry in to be a supporting editor for Tim originally for YouTube and also to do the Facebook editing because we, you know, we release a lot of videos on Facebook if you've not checked them out. Um, But I'll be honest with you, he's that bloody good. He's moved straight onto full YouTube videos. And now Tim and Harry both edit the YouTube videos, both edit the Facebook videos. Um, Tim started doing the captioning captioning or subtitling for the Facebook videos, which is a very, very long process, but he's killing it. Uh, And that's the team. A very, very good team. I think we work very well together. Um, So, yeah, the biggest reason was to control and manage the editing when I couldn't do it and to do a much better job of it. Um, Jeffrey John, how many times a week should you be playing or going to the range? I think it depends on circumstances. You know, I'm not, personally, I'm not a big range junkie. I'm not bothered about going to the range a lot of the time. Um, I like to just go out and play um we've got a little par three course near me i like to go on there sometimes i like to go and hit a few balls on on a, like a grass dra- driving range sometimes personally i think driving range bore me i get really bored at a driving range i would much prefer to go and play nine holes if it was quick like if i could play nine holes in an hour i would do that most i'd do that as much as i could uh, but again it depends on the situation like i've got i've personally got a young family i've got a business to run i might have been out playing or filming that day so 
I feel I've had my golf fix. But if you really want to improve, it's about how well you practice, not particularly how much you practice. As long as you're getting out of a practice session, what you need to get out of a practice session and you, um, what's the right term? Like you, you, you make it count. Like you don't just go and smash 100 balls just for the sake of smashing 100 balls. So like I say, it depends on situations. Right, next thing I'm going to move into is a nightmare story. Um, this is from Matt Bromhead. And the subject is nightmare hole in many ways. Warning, PG rated. So is that parental guidance rated? <laughs> so uh, they, this could be a this could be a, a interesting one, right? Dear producer guy and Rick, I'm a huge fan, subscriber, liker, watcher, listener, and currently live in sunny Sydney, Australia. By the way, this is me back in here i'm not going to do an australian accent to read this email i wish i could i wish i could do accents but i'm not going to embarrass myself and i'm not going to embarrass or um disrespect australia by trying to do an australian accent <laughs> okay um back with the story my nightmare hole was the 17th at wakehurst golf club but for a very unusual reason this is interesting playing with a mate of mine on a hot summer day I was feeling quite dehydrated, and so alongside the 10th tee, drank from a water bubbler, which I was later to find out has not been used for a while. Oh my goodness. I'm guessing the water bubbler is like a water fountain, I'd, I'd guess. Anyway, feeling refreshed, I played on for four holes until my tummy started feeling very, very peculiar. Oh no. After walking on a bit more, it became apparent that I was in a lot of trouble. (laughs) And being a long way from the clubhouse, I had no choice but to dash into the bush and let nature take its violent course. Oh my god. Now, for many reasons, that's quite dangerous to go in the bush in Australia where there's snakes and all sorts of things that might bite you or sting you. Um, but hey, when nature calls, you got to do it. Um, I was now faced with a big problem. Oh, my God, this is this is one hell of a story. I don't know about you, but I don't tend to carry bog paper around the course. Bog paper is toilet roll. If anybody doesn't understand that lingo around the golf course. And so my best choice, my best option was to use my three wood head cover. Oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. Not ideal. I granted you, but mercifully, it was a furry animal. A badger. <laughs> it just about did the trick. Oh my God. So he used his furry badger head cover to basically wipe his bum (laughs) i can't believe i'm reading this out but anyway this was however not my nightmare hole what the hell and nor was the 15th where this happened all over again oh my god and once more badger came to the rescue and i gingerly stuffed him and wait let me just check this before i read it stuffed him into a erstwhile unused pocket of my golf bag 
Oh my god, what's he going to say? So basically, he's been caught out on the 14th hole and caught out on the 15th hole. And both times he's had to use the badger to wipe his bum. Right. Le- needless to say, my playing partner found this whole experience incredibly amusing. But this went to another level on the 17th. Now, thankfully, recovering from my bottomly troubles, I heard a faint, hey, this calling got louder until I finally turned around to see a guy running up the fairway. Badger head cover in hand, shouting, mate, you dropped your head cover. Oh, my God. I nearly died from embarrassment while my pal nearly died from laughter. (laughs) Oh, the shame. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. I can't believe you've put your name on this map. Matt Bromhead from Australia, who is at Wakehurst Golf Club. So if, oh, I mean, that is genuinely one of the best stories. I hope it's true. It's one of the best stories I've ever heard. Um, Most disgusting stories I've ever heard. I cannot believe I'm stood sat here reading this out. What the hell? What has life come to, eh? What has life come to that I'm reading this sort of stuff out? Um, If you are the golfer who was kind enough to pick up a loose head cover, run down the hole shouting that he dropped his badger head cover. If you were that person listening, you just know, you've just found out the truth. I'm sure you've just literally ran to the sink to wash your hands a lot of times, even though it might have been months ago. Um, okay, I feel a bit sick now. I feel a bit uneasy. Um, thanks, Matt, for the story. And that's uh, that's got to be one of the best best uh nightmare stories i've ever heard hopefully you got a new badger head cover or something to replace it hopefully you just didn't just wash it i hope i hope you just disposed of it i feel like i need a minute just to uh settle myself there hopefully everyone listening is still with me and not uh not too queasy after that i don't i don't even know what the moral of the story is like i have no idea what it is. take water out with you you know i don't know what the moral of that story is but anyway uh, moving on to a more much more serious note now um something i again i touched on at the start of the podcast anxiety on the golf course this is an email from chris mcguffin um i'll, I'll read it out and then i want to talk a little bit more about it hey guy and rick my name is chris and i first want to say that i recently discovered your channel and podcast and i'm really enjoying the content that you're producing that's great thank you when I was a kid, I loved watching golf and taking my junior clubs to the course with my dad, but I never decided to actually learn to play properly until a couple of years ago now that I'm in my late 20s. I haven't, I haven't had as much time to practice or play as I would have liked, but with the pandemic currently going on, it's finally given me the time needed to focus more on it. However, there is an issue I am having, I struggle with anxiety issues and notice that I tend to flare up sometimes when I'm on the course or just hitting some balls. It really messes with my confidence. I lose some of my focus and I feel like um, I feel like if there's anyone around and I'm going to be judged by them like, wow, look at him and he has no idea what he's doing and doesn't belong out here on the golf course. Um, I know that may seem a little bit silly to think, but I would have... Um, eventually like to have golf be an outlet to me to go and let my worries and their negative feelings are not helping i was wondering if either of you have ever experienced anxiety issues on the golf course and could possibly provide some advice or insight as to how 
I could block it out and not let it interrupt my focus and concentration while I play and then continue to learn the game. Thank you so much for being such a positive voice in the golfing community and I can't wait to see what else the channel is providing. That's from Chris. And to be fair, Guy, I've just read the email. Guy sent a really, really nice email back to him, um, giving him some some pointers, some tips. Uh, but I just want to publicly on, on video, you know, talk about talk about anxiety in golf. Um, it's real, for sure. It's definitely real. First off, Chris, thanks so much for your email. That must have been not easy particularly to write and, and uh, send over, but I really do appreciate it. Um, anxiety, nerves, worries on the golf course or practicing or whatever. It, it's, it happens a lot. And I'll be honest, it's happened to me. It happens to me. Um, you might think on video that I'm super confident and I can stand up there and do whatever. But honestly, put me in a situation where people are watching uh, and I crumble. I go, I go terrible. Um, experience of mine when I played in the BMW Pro-Am, which had a um, crowd, I think there of like 30,000 people one day. This was a couple of years ago. Spectators. Um, I was playing with Beef and John Arnarisa, ex-Liverpool player and a competition, Martin Thomas. And um, it was like extreme first tee nerves on every single shot that I hit around that golf course. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like first tee nerves normally when you play, it's your first tee and off you go. Like people struggle with first tees, and I do definitely. But once you hit that first tee shot, you're off and running and off you go. What was com- what was hard about this particular round that I played was every single hole had a new crowd watching, and people watched the channel and were fans of the channel, and maybe expected for me to hit good shots, and maybe my expectation level was too high. Maybe I wanted to deliver good shots for them. And controlling that anxiety is, is really tough. Um, this is my advice. Nobody around, nobody watching, really, truly cares about what other people are doing out on the golf course. They don't. And you you would know that as well, golfers listening. You would have seen somebody hit a bad shot out on the golf course and you, and you don't think, you almost don't think anything. You know, if you're walking past a group and somebody hits a bad shot, you 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 see that bad shot happen, you register it going in your mind, but you almost tag no emotion to it because it doesn't affect you. It's just somebody hitting a bad shot. It's it's more embarrassing for the golfer themselves, and that's where that anxiety comes in. You think that everybody cares about you hitting a bad shot, but gen- nobody does. Like, literally, nobody cares. Nobody's going to remember. Nobody... You know, it doesn't matter. I think um, I think that's the big that's the big takeaway. Like, if you hit a bad shot in front of somebody at the moment in time, you'd think it's the worst thing that could ever happen. Twenty seconds later, that person who's just seen you hit a bad shot doesn't even remember it. Like, doesn't even register it happened, and that's what's crazy about it. Um, and try and remember that. Like every, it sounds like obviously you, you're quite new to golf, Chris, who sent the email. That is daunting, definitely. Um, I've experienced that a couple of times. I've I've picked up a couple of things later on in life, and um, you know, let's say let's say I go to the gym. Like I'm not a, I'm not a big gym goer. I feel out of place. I feel intimidated sometimes. I feel like I'm doing the exercises wrong. I feel like I'm I'm being watched by everybody. 
But again, going back, nobody cares. Like, literally nobody cares. You know, if there's some big muscle head in the corner who's who's doing all the big weights and he watches me doing something incorrect, he doesn't care. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He doesn't look at me and go, why is he lifting such puny weights? <laughs> like, unfortunately, we are, as humans, very self-conscious about ourselves. And we almost put that emphasis, we almost heighten that too much. We almost make it feel like it's a much bigger thing than it actually is um and and i think once you start to accept that and understand that that's where that's where you'll get better at it with regards to golf the most confidence i've ever felt is when i'm the most prepared so when i'm when i feel like i've done good practice that week or when i feel like i'm hitting good golf shots if i'm going then to play something if if i've got those positive mindsets i do feel a little bit more confident out on the golf course definitely um, but gent, like if you're new to golf, I like it's hard because I I started golf when I was 11. So when I was a kid, it didn't matter that I was bad. Like it, I was expected to be bad at that age. Um, it was almost more rewarded when I started to good shots. People were like, oh my god, that's a great shot. Nobody cared about the bad shots I hit. Whereas adults, certainly as we grow and our expectation levels go much higher. We expect much more from ourselves. So when we hit bad shots, we target those ones much more. So my advice is this, Chris. Don't worry about what other people think. They don't remember your bad shot. Like the guy in the gym who saw me, who sees me lifting puny weights and doing the technique wrong. He doesn't remember me after after that situation. It doesn't matter. And I'll learn, I'll get better, and I'll, I'll improve in the gym. I'll learn my technique, as you will. You will learn your technique. You'll improve. You'll feel more confident the more you do it. And before you know it, you will be at a level that you'll be much more um, competent. And actually, you'll then look at somebody that's new to golf and with a level of compassion. And you'll see them hit bad shots. And again, you won't think anything of it. You won't register anything. People hit bad shots. I think that's something that everybody should understand. People hit bad shots. The best players in the world hit bad shots. I hit bad shots. Everybody listening to this podcast hits bad shots. Laugh it off. Nobody remembers about it. I promise you. I promise you. Unless it's on video and it goes viral, nothing, like, it doesn't matter that nobody's ever judging you. I promise you. It really not. And the more you do something, the more you feel comfortable with something um, and, and the less you worry about what other people think because they're really not thinking about anything, you'll feel more comfortable. But I'll be honest, I'm saying all this, I've not perfected it yet. I've not perfected anxiety, anxiety on the golf course. But actually, I don't know if you ever perfect it. I honestly don't know if you ever, ever perfect it. Like if you spoke to some of the best players in the world, which I have had the opportunity to do so, are you nervous when you play in the Masters? Are you nervous when you play in the Open? The answer is yes. They're nervous. They're like us. They're human beings. They don't want to hit bad shots. They're, they're nervous, but they're so confident in their ability and they're so good at hitting good shots under pressure when they have to because their technique is so trained under those situations and they've been competing at such a high level for all of their lives, junior golf, amateur golf, professional golf, they've become so immune to it. Um, and, and honestly, I think if I played tournament golf week in, week out, I would be immune to it. I mean, you look at someone like Jimenez, who has literally this week 
just played in his 707th European Tour event, making him the most uh, the player who's played in the most European Tour events. I don't think I don't think he gets nervous anymore. He may be the exception where he doesn't get nervous anymore because he's so programmed to it. I mean, how, is that thirty odd years of playing? Like he's so programmed just to go out there and play golf. So, Chris, to answer your question, don't worry about anybody. I promise you, nobody cares what you're doing. And if anyone gets anxiety on the golf course, laugh it off. Promise you. Laughing is the best medicine. Don't let it affect you. Don't get bogged down in it. And then next time you find yourself in that situation, you will hit better shots. Guys, thanks for listening to Rick Show's podcast. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, producer guy will be back as well. Um, loads of videos again next week. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be mental. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. And we shall see you soon. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.